uh, I just have to start out pretty serious. Normally I tell a story, but man, I have just had this wait for a while. As we've looked at this series of life's healing choices, as we look at our hurts and our hangups and our habits, I think we often live this life where eventually I'll make some decisions. I'll eventually deal with that. Or we, we think that we'll just get through it or get over it. And I've just had this weight that we would no longer say tomorrow. Uh, that we won't say, okay, I'll eventually work on my relationships or my marriage. I'll eventually get to that point where I have that conversation with my parents or my child. Uh, that the habits that I have, I'll eventually deal with them. And so today, can I just, can I just encourage you to don't wait? Just don't wait. Like I, I believe and have hope that God wants to do something in our lives. That, that maybe today, and as we prayed as a, a group in the back, I just, I just pray that there would be some lives that would be changed today. That, that some of you, that life's not going to look completely fixed after this, but that just maybe there would be a little more hope. Uh, maybe there would be some freedom that could come today as we are honest with one another. I just feel this weight of saying, don't wait. Don't wait. Uh, we're not guaranteed tomorrow. We don't know what's going on in the lives of the people around us. So just don't wait. And so we've just been honest over the last couple of weeks. And we've just paid attention and said, look, we, we know there's some things that have happened. I'm guessing for most of you, there's been some hurts that have happened. You've made some poor decisions that have hurt yourself or hurt the people around you. There have been some decisions the people around you have made that have hurt you. I, I know that. That there's some things that you're just hung up on. Attitudes some character traits, you're just unable to get through. And so you've had a hard time with that. And then often I know, because I've spoken to many of you, the habits that are formed in our lives often come from the hurts and the hangups. We develop, develop those habits often to mask or cover up the things that are going on in our lives. And so there's been three choices I've encouraged you to make. Uh, the first choice was just to admit that you have this need um, that we're spiritually bankrupt, that we can't do it on our own. And so just acknowledging that was the first choice. And then the second choice was to acknowledge that there was someone or something that could give us hope and actually had the power to help us change. And then last week, I, I gave you this illustration, this picture of continuing to hold on to things, of holding on to our guilt and our fear and our anger. And we talked about letting those things go that most of us oftentimes want to hold on to those things. We say we're okay, but we continue to hold on to the things from our past. And here's what I want to tell you. Uh, as you hold on to those things, it's not just yourself that it has an impact on. It is having an impact on the people around you. And so as we help you, as I begin to try and help you make some healing choices, it's not just for yourself, but it's also for the betterment of the people around you that not only your life could look different, but the lives of those around you could look different as well. And so it's hard letting go of those things. It's hard to no longer allow those things to lead you in a direction that God would not want for you. But it's a lot easier to hold on to those things when no one else knows about it. It's a lot easier to not let go of them if you're the only one holding on to them. And so what I believe is that many of us suffer in silence. That you suffer alone. And so 
the thought is, what, what if you didn't have to do it alone? What if the suffering or the things that you held on to or went, have gone through, that you didn't have to do that by yourself? See, the temptation is to not admit that you need someone to come alongside of you. The temptation is to mask or to deny and just hope that it goes away. But when you suffer in silence, when you don't shine a light into those areas of your hurts and your hangups and your habits, it's a lot easier to continue in the midst of those things, to continue living life, dealing with those on your own, but to really find healing, because that's what we're after. And I don't think if any of us sat knee to knee and face to face over a cup of coffee that any of you would say, nah, I'm not really interested in, in finding healing in my story and in my life. Yeah. Right? We, we all long for this healing, but we have to do some work and we have to make some difficult decisions. Uh, in October, my youth pastor, Kristen, our youth pastor, Kristen, uh, she came to me and she said, there's a little stain in the bathroom over here. And uh, I don't use the women's restroom. And so I'm like, okay, has it been there for a long time? Is it a new stain? And she said, I don't know. I just noticed it. And I thought, okay, no big deal. Well, in January, Kristen came to me and she said, the stain has gotten bigger. And I thought, okay, let's, let's check it out. And it went from a, a stain about like this to a stain that was about like this uh, in a few months. And no one, I, I hadn't heard that the stain had gotten bigger. And then just over a few days and weeks, as we still did not figure out what was going on, the stain and the, the damage began to continue to grow. And so a couple weeks ago, I went in and I, okay, we gotta figure out what's going on. And so I took a knife and I, and I cut in the drywall. And as I cut in the drywall, water just started to just, I would say leak, more of a, a pour, not quite a pour, but it felt like a waterfall coming out of the, the ceiling. But this water just comes out of the ceiling, right? And so. I did what I know best. I called someone else and said, you've got to come figure out what's going on with the, the leak. And so I cut a hole. And, and so someone came and looked at it. And this is what's really interesting is it wasn't a massive problem. It wasn't a massive leak. Uh, it was from a toilet upstairs that a wax ring had gone bad. And all that was happening was just a little, a tiny bit of water was coming down. Just a, just a little drip over and over and over, but that little drip continued to grow and cause damage. And so instead of dealing with it in October, right, we, we let it grow. And so for some of you, it's just been a little drip. It's just been a little hurt, but the damage has continued to grow. The effects of that little drip in your life has had some consequences for you, for your marriage, for your life. The way you raise your kids, the way you do business, are all being impacted by that little drip. And so maybe today, and I'm gonna to ask you to make the hardest decision today, one of the hardest decisions so far, uh, I'm gonna ask you to make that today. But my hope is you'll begin to pay attention to this little drip. And I know we all have some stuff, right? We really are this family of fellow strugglers. That there's not one of us in here who has had it all together a whole life, but are there are some of you who have found healing. There are some of you who have made these decisions in the past and you have been healed or are being healed. And so we want to pay attention to that today because I don't believe that God has created you to be controlled by what has happened to you or the choices you've made. That you weren't created to live defeated or ashamed or in bondage or to feel like you're unworthy. That you were created in the image of God. Let's start there that you were created in the image of God. When God made us, 
said it was very, very good. And so we want to start at that place where we believe that God has created us in his image. And we know that that because of the decisions of ourselves and the decisions of the people around us, things do not always go well. And I think for many of us, as we think about God, we have this idea that if I could just clean myself up first, right? If I could just get in and I could get the dripping to stop, then I'll present myself to God. Then I'll believe that God could love me. Then I'll believe that God could use me. But, but until I deal with my stuff, until I figure it out, there's no way I could do that. Uh, but Romans 5a, we're going to look at several scriptures uh, today. If you don't own a Bible, there's a Bible around you somewhere. Uh, that's our gift to you. Please take that. The page number for that Bible will be on the screen. But Romans 5.8, it says this, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. God did not send Jesus to die on a cross in such a way where he said, okay, once you have realized and you have fixed yourself, then Christ has died for you. No, 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 no. That while we were still dealing with our hurts and our hangups, while we still have our habits, Christ has died for you. That is the love of a father whose love goes way beyond anything you have ever done. And so we get to this point where we realize that God is for us and God is with us. We've been looking at the Sermon on the Mount, and we've been using that as kind of the fundamental part of our series and of our teaching, and really it leads into the choices. And so today we're going to skip to verse 8 in Matthew 5, and it says this, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Or happy are those who are free and clean of impurities. Or happy or blessed are those whose hearts are free from the junk that weighs you down. How do we do this? How could we get to a point where we are pure in heart and we find ourselves in a place where we've been able to let go of things, that we're able to let go of our guilt and our shame? We highlighted that a little bit last week, but I want to continue on that as we look at this decision to become pure in heart and look at this idea of guilt and shame. Uh, Guilt often leads us to make better choices. Uh, Oftentimes, we we don't want people to feel guilty. But I think God will often use that to help correct our course. That we see that the decisions that we have made have not been good decisions. And so we believe that, that God has died for our guilt. But then shame is something different. Guilt says, I made a mistake. Shame says, I'm the mistake. Guilt says, I did something bad. Shame says, I am bad. I've told you about my dog, and uh, he continues to cause problems for neighbors, and uh, I'll, sh- I'll tell that story at some point, I'm sure. But um, recently, he has continued to get into things, and the other day I come home, and there was evidence that he had eaten nine granola bars. Um, and so, as I often do, I uh, shame my dog. And I make him sit by whatever he has destroyed or done, and I take his picture, and I'm documenting this. And so I found evidence of nine. He may have eaten more, right? And, and then, my, as I said, my family's out of town. I was gone all day yesterday, and I come home to this. And that was a small picture of the rest of my house. But here's what's interesting is this happens. I'm not always really nice to my dog. And I often say really mean things to my dog. 
And never is it about what he's done, but it's about him, right? Um, I'll refrain from what I say to him and what I call him. But, um, but when I do that, I'm not talking about what he's done. I'm talking about who he is. And you do that to yourself. You do that to yourself as you begin to feel guilt for things. That is a great opportunity to correct your course. But the moment shame comes in, that just doesn't say that you made a mistake, but that you are a mistake. Right? We looked at Brene Brown's quote last week that says, shame is the thing that corrodes the very part of us that believes that things could be different. Right? Shame corrodes the part of our heart and our mind that believes that we could change. And so we have to push away shame and we can look at guilt. We can deal with guilt. We have made decisions that have led us in places that we shouldn't have gone. But shame leads to some really hurtful, unhealthy things. It leads to more problems, whether it's the way you eat, a disordered way of eating, self-harm or the abuse of some sort of substance. It's the way you use people or allow others to use you. It's an unhealthy way of escaping. And all of this just destroys your confidence. It destroys relationships. You become impatient or angry as you are working through shame. As parents, you parent a certain way if you have not been able to deal with the shame in your life. Oftentimes overcompensating that maybe you indulge your kids because of your own shame in your own life. You avoid commitment or connection. You get stuck in your past. We've talked about this. When you focus on your past, you are unable to move in the direction God wants you to go. You are not meant to continue to look back. And as we looked last week, we are called to let go of those things. And so shame will not change your past. Just like worry is unable to change your future. And so as we make these healthy choices, the one that you really have to begin to pay attention to is shame. And to believe that things could look different for you. That what you've done does not define you. It does not make you who you are. Uh, we're going to look at a personal story, a video here in a few moments. And so I'm going to go pretty quickly, as quick as I can through these next few things, um, because I really want you to hear this story uh, of someone who got to the point of what we're going to talk about today. So there's going to be some steps you can take. There will be some homework uh, if you want it. Uh, if you want to begin to make some healing choices, I'm going to ask you to do a few things. Uh, the first thing that I'm going to encourage you to do is to take a personal inventory of your life. Uh, to maybe do some hard work and pay attention to where you have been. That as we saw the leak in our bathroom here at Trinity, uh, we had to pay attention to what was causing it. Before you could ever move on, you have to pay attention to what was causing it. Psalm 139, 23, 24 says this, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. What if we just said, all right, God, show me some of the hurts in my life, the things that I have pushed away, that I've masked, that I haven't paid attention to, but it's had an impact on me. God, would you begin to show me those things? And you begin to inventory those hurts. What are the hangups that you've been unable to let go of? What are the habits? Maybe for you, recognizing you have a problem will be step number one. Just to say, there is something in my life that I cannot get through, that I cannot break. Would you begin to just take that personal inventory of your own life? And in the midst of all of that, you'll begin to hopefully rely on the goodness of God. That his grace begins to cover all of that, no matter what it is. 
No matter what hurt you write down, no matter who has hurt you, no matter what the habit is, no matter how long the habit has gone on, that grace covers all of that. God's love and his goodness covers all of that. But you have to begin to look at your story. You have to begin to take a personal inventory of where you have been. And then the second thing, and this is where it's hard, and I'm going to clear some things up at the end of this, so just hold with me, but you begin to accept responsibility, that you would just be honest, and that you would own your part. As I counsel couples and I counsel people who are dealing with conflict, I often say, what part of the problem do you have to own? It may be 1%. It may not be very much of the problem, but what part of the problem do you have to own? Where do you have to rate to take responsibility? See, because what you could say is, I just got to change relationships, right? If I could just get a different job, if I could just move neighborhoods, if I could just get out of here, right? We think that situations could change if we could just change our circumstances. But wherever you go, there you are. And wherever you go, your hurts and your habits and your hangups, they all come with you. So what can you begin to recognize as your part? And then don't be afraid of the truth. Don't be afraid of it. John 8, 31, 36 says this. The Jews, to the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. They answered him, we are Abraham's descendants and have never been slaves of anyone. How can you say that we shall be set free? And Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. Everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the Son sets you free, you'll be free indeed. We see this correlation between knowing the truth, speaking the truth, and finding freedom. Something happens when we're honest and we own what has happened. We have to begin to be truth tellers. We have to begin to be truth tellers of what's going on in our lives. Now, what I want to say is, that some of the hurt some of you have experienced, if there's been abuse, whatever that has looked like, it's not your fault. You don't own any of that. Like, I'm going to say it again because it's important for you to hear that. As you look at taking responsibility for some of the decisions you have made, the things that have been done to you, emotional abuse, physical abuse, sexual abuse, by a parent, by a spouse, by a grandparent, by a stranger, by a neighbor. You, you, you don't own any of that. There is some shame that has come from that probably. There has been some guilt that has come through that. You don't own any of that. Uh, none of that is your fault. You didn't ask for it. You didn't deserve it. And so would you just hear me say that? That, that as I talk about you taking responsibility for hurts and hangups and habits, you don't take responsibility for any of that. Now, what I would say is, would you get some help? That is a choice that you can make. Because you don't own any of that that has happened, but, but you could maybe seek some help. Because it doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter how long ago it happened that there is still something that maybe is in you that is causing some problems. That you've never been able to push away those hurts. That you're still hung up and maybe there's even some habits that have come from it. 
It's not your fault. But what choices can you make moving forward to find some healing? And so you own your responsibility where you can. You take a personal inventory. When you see the things that come up through that inventory, you begin to say, okay, what responsibility do I have for that? And again, if there's been abuse, none of that is your responsibility. And then you seek forgiveness, specifically forgiveness from God for any of those decisions that have gone against what he would want for you. 1 John 1.9 says this, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just. He will forgive us of our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. It doesn't say some sins. It doesn't say that there's levels of sins. It just says if you confess, if you name, as you begin to take your personal inventory and you own some of the responsibility for the decisions and you turn to God and say, look, I've made these decisions and it has caused hurt for myself, that there are problems that have come and you begin to ask God for forgiveness, it's given to you. Forgiveness is readily available to all of us. And he wipes it clean. He wipes it clean. Like, here's what I think is interesting. I know many of you who believe that. You believe that God has forgiven you at some point. And then you'll say things like, I just can't forgive myself. Can I just say that as loving as possible? That doesn't make sense. In that moment, what is happening is you are becoming your own God. You are believing you have the power to decide what you're forgiven of and not. God is the only one that gets to do that. And God is speaking the truth here. God is being portrayed in a truthful way here by saying that he forgives us of our sins and that he wipes it clean. No more holding on. No more, God, thanks for forgiving me, but I'm going to hold on to this in my life. We begin to let go when we believe that God has given us forgiveness. And so a few quick things, because I'm not sure everyone has done that. Uh, maybe church is new to you. Maybe the belief that there is a God out there who created you in his image and when things went horribly wrong, he still chooses to love us and forgive us. So as you begin to think about, well, how do I ask for forgiveness? You don't have to beg. You don't have to beg God for forgiveness. You ask. My, my daughter, who's now 13, has these big brown eyes. Yes. And those big brown eyes are powerful brown eyes. <laughs> and when she was young and I can remember saying no to her, and she would come to me with those brown eyes and she would beg and I would give in. Yeah. It's not the way with God. God is not waiting for you to grovel and to beg. It's to acknowledge him as a good father who offers forgiveness and you ask for it. You just ask and you don't bargain. You don't bargain. You, you don't say things like, I'll never again or I'll only ask one more time. We don't have to bargain with God or bribe God. Right? If you've ever done that, God, if you'll forgive me, then I will do this. But you just ask, and then you believe. You believe that God offers forgiveness to us, and that that forgiveness makes us clean, but not only does that, it's empowering us to change and empowering us for a new future. And then we just accept it. We acknowledge that we've done wrong. We own the responsibility. We ask for forgiveness, and then we accept God's forgiveness into our life instantly instantly again you don't have to work yourself up to it you don't have to earn the forgiveness of god and he gives it freely and here's what i want to encourage you he'll give it freely over and over again right so when you mess up you acknowledge that in the moment and you ask for forgiveness once again 
and completely, not in stages, not in a little bit, but he does completely today, right now. Like, I believe that. I believe there's nothing in your past that God could not forgive. There's nothing you have experienced or done. There is no habit right now that God could not forgive, right now. And so if you have never done that, I pray that today would be a day that you do that that you would acknowledge who God is and your need for him, and that you would acknowledge and own responsibility for your part of what's gone on, and then you would begin to ask God for forgiveness, and then you accept it, and then everything looks different for you. It doesn't mean that everything is fixed. It doesn't mean that your problems go away, but you are forgiven completely. Now, here's, here's where it gets hard, because really everything we've talked about over the last couple of weeks, you could do on your own. Right? No one has to know the decisions you've made. No one has to know that you've asked for forgiveness um, today or in the past. No one has to know those things. But, but here's what I'm going to ask you to do. I'm going to ask you to share it with someone. I'm going to ask you to admit to someone else that you would share your hurts, that, that you would share some of the things that you're hung up on, that maybe you would even share the habits in your life that are unhealthy. The habits that are not leading you to where you want to go. And you would tell someone. And see, and I've shared this a little bit every week, but, but God forgives. But there's healing that comes when we do that. Listen to this in James 5, 16. James was the half-brother of Jesus who did not believe that Jesus was who he said he was until after Jesus goes to a cross and comes back to life. James says this, Therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. Like I find this really interesting. When Jesus dies on a cross and he's buried and he comes back, he then says, I'm leaving, but, but I'm sending my Holy Spirit to you as a comforter. But then we see James, we have the Holy Spirit who would comfort us in our life. But then James says, look, you need someone else. You don't have to do this alone. You don't have to suffer in silence. You can reach out to the people around you and say, look, I need some help. I need someone to walk with me through this. That there's healing that comes when we do that because we're no longer doing it alone. We're, we're no longer suffering in silence. Our hurts actually just isolate us from people if we don't deal with them. And so would you begin to say, okay, I'm going I'm to share this with someone. So our secrets keep us sick, but our honesty leads to being healthy. Your secrets will keep you sick, but your honesty could lead to you being healthy. So tell someone you trust, someone who understands the importance of what you're doing, maybe someone here. Explain the need you have. Explain the need you have to share verbally with someone your hurts or your hangups or your habits, and be specific, and be honest, and share. John 8, 12, Jesus says this. When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I'm the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And so what I'm asking you to do is to shine some light into those areas of your life, to no longer allow it to live in darkness. So let me help you um, if you're on the receiving end of this. Because you might be someone who is sitting there thinking, man, I'm so thankful I've done this. 
I'm so thankful that a year ago, five years ago, 15 years ago, that I made these decisions and I know that God has healed me and he is continually healing me. And so you might be someone that someone comes to and says, hey, could I share with you? And so can I just give you some advice on what that might look like if someone shares with you? Just listen first. Just listen. And fight the need to fix it. Fight the need to fix what's going on in their life. And just listen. Provide a place for them to share and to open up. And then when they're done, just... Would you just, in your mind, ask God to help you know what to say? And whatever you say may be an opportunity to be a reminder to that person of God's love and grace. No condemnation, no judgment, no statements of if only you would have, but just you are in that moment a conduit of God's grace. You are an opportunity to speak life into someone. And maybe they don't know God. Maybe they don't know if they believe in God. That is an opportunity for you to play that role in their life. Would you encourage them that they're doing the right thing? Would you point towards healing that we think comes through Jesus? And would you point them to a next step? Not that you have to decide what the next step is. Just ask them, well, what do you need to do next? And then begin to walk through that with them. If it's to speak to me or one of our staff, then encourage them to do that. If it's to find a counselor, encourage them to find a counselor. And then pray for them. Not, not that I'll pray for you, but pray with them. Like in that moment, speak words of life through prayer over them. Pray for healing and that they would acknowledge forgiveness. Pray against shame and fear. Pray for comfort and wisdom and continue to pray for them. You, you have an opportunity as someone who is on the receiving end of someone sharing to play an important role in their healing choices. It's not on you. Listen, you, you are not God and that is good, but you get to point to what could bring healing to their lives. And so I want, I want you to hear uh, Heather Lewis's story. And in hearing her story, uh, there's a few things that stand out, but she had to make some decisions to begin to be a truth teller. And so as you listen to this, would you begin to think of your own life and your own story? takes a lot of courage to speak the truth, uh, to speak the truth to yourself and then to speak it to one another. Um, and I just want to tell you, this is a place you can do that, um, that, that we don't have to pretend, that, that actually we could believe that there could be healing that could take place, that no matter what we've done or has been done to us, no matter the habits that we have, there could be some freedom that comes in our lives. And so would you, would you be so bold today to ask God to, to pay attention, to take that inventory, to see what part you own, to ask God to forgive you, and then to tell someone? Would you speak that to someone? Then if you're on the receiving end, would you see you are a conduit of God's love and grace? Well, we're going to celebrate with uh, Reagan and Kennedy, and uh, they're heading out to, to get ready for that. I'm going to head out and get ready for that, but would you stand I'm going to pray for us. Greg is going to sing our song that we always close to, um, that we close to, and then we'll come back out and we will celebrate with Reagan and Brittany. Would you pray with me? God, as we stand before you even now, um, I, I take pause. I 
take pause, God, for my friends here to seek you in these moments. To acknowledge their need for you and then to accept some forgiveness in their lives. God, I pray that they would know and believe, not just know, but believe that you wipe those things clean. And then, God, I pray that you would give them the courage and the boldness to reach out to a counselor, to a friend, to me, to a spouse. Would they be so bold, God, to believe that healing could come by confessing to someone, that prayer and speaking it leads to healing choices? So, Lord, would you do that today? Would you encourage them not to wait? God, I pray against that. I pray against the enemy who would say to wait or that they don't need to, Lord. I pray that they would hear only from you this morning. And God, I look forward to stories, more stories, Lord, of people who have come to a realization of your forgiveness and your healing power, that people would be set free even of some of the choices in their lives, the things that have been done to them and the habits that they have. God, we trust in you. I know you are a miracle maker. And I pray that you would do that today. I pray in Jesus' name.